MSW Media. Thanks to Thuma for supporting the Daily Beans. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite hotel at home with The Bed by Thuma. Go to thuma.co slash beans and use code beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of The Bed, plus free shipping in the continental United States. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Today, New York County and state GOP leaders call for George Santos to resign. The stark differences between the Biden and Trump classified documents. A judge will allow the Department of Justice to use Trump's stand back and stand by comment in the Proud Boys seditious conspiracy trial. And the trial starts for Richard Barnett, who was photographed with his feet up on Pelosi's desk. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hi, Dana. How are you? I'm good. How's my friend, A.G.? I am okay. I'm glad you're back. I missed you yesterday. We all missed you. Thank you. I never like taking the days off, but I'm grateful when I can. Hey, uh, it's, you know, you're doing your thing and it's important. So we support you and love you. And uh, thank you. you You're welcome. And it's always good to get out, you know, travel around. So uh, today is a weird news day. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every day has been a weird news day, but yeah. I know. know. And when AG says today is a weird news day, it's a weird news day. So uh, we have a lot of it to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First off, top New York Republicans, including freshman rep Anthony Desposito and the chairman of the state GOP, called on Rep. George Santos to resign over his multiple fabrications about his biography that have prompted inquiries into his finances and campaign spending. Chairman Joseph G. Cairo Jr. of the Nassau County Republican Committee, which initially backed Santos's candidacy, said Wednesday morning, that the lawmaker who was elected in November no longer has the support of Republicans in the third congressional district. Quote, George Santos's campaign last year was a campaign of deceit, lies and fabrication, Cairo said during his news conference at the GOP's Long Island headquarters. He called for Santos to resign immediately, saying he's disgraced to the House of Representatives, which is a fucking tough feat to it's do. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's really hard to do. And we don't consider him one of our Congress people. Desposito from the neighboring 4th District said Santos told outright lies and does not have the ability to serve in the House of Representatives and should resign. He is the first elected GOP House member to pressure Santos to step down. Within hours, other top New York Republicans joined the call for his resignation. Nicholas Langworthy, the chairman of the state's Republican Party, the state's Republican Party, Dana, said he supported the Nassau County GOP. He said it's clear that Santos, quote, cannot be an effective representative and it would be in the best interest of the taxpayers to have new leadership. Langworthy said he would continue to work to ensure that trust and dignity are restored to the third congressional district that includes Long Island and Queens. Gerard Kassar, chair of the Conservative Party of New York State, also said in a statement that Santos's profound use of mistruths mistruths. We call that lying where I come from. (laughs) Morally disqualifies him from serving. Where were they when Trump was elected? Or any of the GOP. I feel like we would wipe out an entire congressional party right now. Oh, yeah. And probably some Democrats, but you know, most of the GOP. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and a defiant Santos told reporters, I'm not resigning. I was elected to serve the people. And, you know, the word I is, is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Who are you? Now, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made clear he would take no immediate action against Santos and signaled he would appoint Santos to House committees, but he might leave him off the more important committees that he's like going to give the gavel to Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene for. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, right. Joining Cairo at the Long Island headquarters, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman said when he called himself a Jew, that was ridiculous. State Senator Jack M. Martins, a Republican, said these aren't embellishments. These are lies. Okay, there we go. We're getting closer with Martins there. And he called for Santos to be removed one way or another. Oh, Nassau County Legislator Richard J. Nicolello said Santos's lies have done violence to the public trust. And uh, Mayor Pamela Panzenbeck of Glen Cove said we were all duped. So interesting. Uh, And, you know, a lot of people are like, are these sort of are these calls for resignation being made in vain? Are they falling on deaf ears? The Republican caucus really doesn't want to piss off the voters in those districts in New York for 2024. So it'll be interesting to see how McCarthy responds to this. But there we are. It will be. Also, like, how is this the line? I do have to wonder as they start to investigate him with his donors and where money's come from, if they don't want to cross-reference any other donations to any other Republicans up in the GOP, because what if a name comes up twice? Like, I think there's some I don't know. It's just hard to believe that this is the breaking point for the GOP, but at least maybe that looks like there's one. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. Moving on to the story, AG, a federal judge ruled Wednesday that prosecutors can use video of the former guy telling the far right group, the Proud Boys, remember this? Stand back and stand by in the trial against several of the group's leaders charged with seditious conspiracy. District Judge Timothy Kelly said that the former president's comments showed, quote, an additional motive to advocate for Mr. Trump and engage in charged conspiracy to keep Trump in power. During a presidential debate in 2020, Trump was asked by moderator Chris Wallace if he would condemn white supremacists and militia groups, while Democratic candidate Joe Biden interjected and specifically mentioned the Proud Boys. And this is a quote, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by, Trump responded. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right-wing problem. Okay. The comment, according to prosecutors and members of the Proud Boys who testified publicly to the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, was celebrated by the far-right group and was used as a recruiting tool. Nick Smith is a lawyer for Ethan Nordine, one of the defendants in the case, argued that Trump's comments didn't reflect any of the actions his client and the four other defendants are alleged to have taken during the conspiracy and that the infamous comment would be unduly prejudicial with the jury. Okay, so his argument is that they did it all on their own. uh, Right. Without any. Okay. Okay. so my my clients are guilty, but they did. They they did this on their own. The other guy's not, which is really interesting. Kelly rejected that argument, by the way, noting that defendants Enrico Tario and then chairman of the Proud Boys and a defendant in the trial tweeted. And he did standing by, sir, immediately after the debate. While prosecutors say they plan to present that video uh, as part of their opening statement currently scheduled for Thursday in this trial. Nordine, Tario, and defendant Zachary Real, Dominic Pozzola, and Joseph Biggs, they've all pleaded not guilty, which, like we've said, is really interesting considering that the other guys went down for this shit. Yeah, two of them over there at the Oath Keepers. I thought somebody would flip for sure. We, we have had a couple flippers, but not any that's uh, any that are charged with seditious conspiracy. And Joseph Biggs, by the way, his lawyer, 
who is the same lawyer that represented Alex Jones. So yesterday I did a story that he was being benched for this trial. He is now going to withdraw as counsel for, for Biggs. So more, there's that too. And from Sarah Burris at Raw Story, CNN reported Monday that some classified documents were recently discovered in President Joe Biden's items in a storage office, which is drawing comparisons to former President Trump's document scandal that has been referred to special counsel Jack Smith in the Justice Department. However, there are some key fucking differences. I'm adding the fucking part between the Biden case and the Trump case. National security lawyer Bradley Moss took to Twitter to note that the story is drawing a stark contrast with Trump. In particular, he cited a statement from Richard Sauber, special counsel to Biden, who said that on the same day the material was discovered, November 2nd, the White House Counsel's Office notified the National Archives, which took possessions of the materials the following morning. That right there is the difference. They immediately cooperated, said Moss. And Bradley Moss also pointed out the day the documents were discovered, the Biden team reached out to the National Archives and it was sent to the Justice Department without incident. Quote, the White House is cooperating with the National Archives and the Department of Justice regarding the discovery of what appear to be Obama-Biden administration records, including a small number of documents with classified markings, Sauber said in a statement. The documents were discovered when the president's personal attorneys were packing files housed in a locked closet to prepare to vacate the office space at the Penn-Biden Center in D.C. The president periodically used that space from mid-2017 until the start of 2020. That was, by the way, when Trump was in office. And if he didn't have any fucking knowledge that any classified documents were missing, then that's on him. (laughs) On uh, the day of the discovery, November 2nd, 2022, the White House Counsel's Office notified the National Archives and the archives took possession of the materials the following morning. This is how you properly deal with this matter, not by lies, concealment and obstruction, said Moss. Now, I'm quoting here from Raw Story. Allison Gill, the Mueller She Wrote podcaster, compared the Biden discovery to the classified documents found in Trump's Palm Beach storage unit or the classified emails that were on Hillary Clinton's server. Quote, no crime, very unlike the ones found in Trump's desk commingled with non-classified, having lied about having them, she noted. And then Bradley Moss went on to say, if you can't grasp the difference between finding improperly stored classified documents that you immediately turn over to NARA versus obstructing and lying in a federal investigation regarding improperly stored classified documents, I cannot help you. (laughs) (laughs) L.A. Times legal analyst and former prosecutor Harry Littman predicted that the nuance isn't likely to stop Rep. Kevin McCarthy, Rep. Jim Jordan and the new hit squad from howling to the heavens. And national security lawyer Mark Zayed agreed with his colleague Moss that it happens commonly and usually results in administrative action, not criminal action. Quote, Trump and team would have fared exactly the same way had he not delayed, obstructed and potentially lied about existence of classified records at Mar-a-Lago. Big difference, said Zayed. And our friend, former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotti. I'm very honored to be mentioned among all these folks. By the Absolutely. Way. I love that you got to quote yourself in your own story. <laughs> uh, Renato explained that he knows the U.S. attorney that has been assigned to this and knows him to be smart, fair and has good judgment. So I don't expect charges here. He says Biden didn't know he had these documents and returned them when they were found. If Trump did the same, he wouldn't be in hot water. That's Mariotti. Now, aides to President Joe Biden have discovered at least one additional batch of classified documents in a location separate from this D.C. office that he used after leaving the Obama administration, according to a person, a person familiar with the matter. Since November, after the discovery of the documents with classified markings in his office, Biden aides have been searching for any additional classified materials that might be in other locations, said the source who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Sounds like he's doing his due diligence and looking everywhere and making sure everything is handed over. 
And keep in mind that little story there about the second batch with the one source comes from Ken Delanian, who famously said the Mueller report exonerated Donald and then blocked me on Twitter when I called him out on it. But even if true, this does not change the calculus. Keep in mind, Merrick Garland has known about these documents since before he appointed Jack Smith special counsel. Jack Smith has known about them and yet has aggressively pursued the criminal investigation into Donald for stealing and lying about his classified documents. So any political considerations being touted by the media and folks on social media is clearly not slowing down the investigation into Trump. And regardless of anything in this outcome, it's clear we need new regulations on the control of fucking classified material. That just I'm just going to say that across the board. And I will also end with this, Dana. I personally don't think, and the people who I've talked to, Pete Strzok, Andy McKay, uh, you know, all the, the U.S. attorneys, all the people I know at, uh, in, in the legal field, the legal experts, because, you know, I, I formulate my opinions based on the opinions of other experts. I don't just, you know, pull it out of my hoo-ha. So, uh, you know, they say, <laughs> they say these are two completely different things, and it shouldn't make a difference. If you go by the facts in the law, Donald Trump committed a crime, Joe Biden did not commit a crime. But I, I'll say this, if they decide not to charge Donald Trump because of political considerations only and the way it might look if they don't go after Joe Biden or whatever, I'll be pissed. I, I will. That will be absolutely a chicken shit move to me. And I, I don't agree. expect Jack Smith to do that. But if he does, I'll be fucking pissed. You'll hear from me. I think a lot of us will be. All right, A.G., thank you so much. Well, opening statements and trial testimony, they started Tuesday for the Arkansas man who was photographed with his foot propped up on the desk in then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office during the January 6th riot on the Capitol. Now, the way prosecutors are telling it, the viral photograph of Richard Bigo Burnett casually reclining behind a desk in Pelosi's office does not capture all of the crimes he committed that day. Prosecutors allege that Burnett of Arkansas, went into the Capitol with a 950,000-volt stun gun, left a message to Pelosi in her office, and took a piece of government mail on his way out. He was indicted on eight charges, including obstruction of an official proceeding and theft of government property. And this is a quote, my country will not be socialist as long as I am alive to fight, Assistant U.S. Attorney. Allison Prout said Barnett had written that on Facebook in the weeks leading up to January 6th. Barnett, who is 62, is among the more well-known defendants to go on trial in connection with January 6th, largely due to that photograph of him in Pelosi's office. In 2021, he started a fundraiser to help him with legal fees in connection to the trial in exchange for at least $100. Barnett indicated he would give a signed photo of him inside the speaker's office. In her opening statement, Prout detailed for 12 jurors, two alternates, what prosecutors believe Barnett did during the failed insurrection. She said he was armed with a stun gun, which was concealed inside a metal walking stick and had sharp spikes that she proclaimed could be used to shock or stab somebody. Now, Prout said Barnett also left a note that referenced a possible expletive. Uh, he said, hey, Nancy, Bigo was here, and I'm sure it's bitch. It's definitely marked out. That's what the note read. Brad Geyer, Barnett's attorney, objected to Prout's claim about what the final word was because it was apparently dotted out, though a judge overruled him. In court filings, they had previously denied Barnett used the expletive, the prosecutor said aloud. Now, the defense chose to defer their opening statement, meaning they will give it later in the trial when they begin presenting their defense. And another quote, as we finish up jury selection today, please pray for the jurors, Barnett tweeted Tuesday. 
It's amazing that they can go to Twitter with the shit. Anyway, for their health, for their families, that father will touch their hearts and that truth will be revealed. Now, prosecutors called as their first witness, Emily Barrett, who worked in Pelosi's office during January 6th and on whose desk Barnett had placed his foot. She described to the jury running with Pelosi out of the office, out of the House chamber towards safety, while asking the rest of Pelosi's staff to lock down in a safe room. God, what a horrifying day. Uh, Brett testified sensitive materials were cluttered on the surface where Barnett put his foot, including a business card containing her work phone number, which was the same number Pelosi used that day. When a photo of him was posted to Twitter, random calls began flooding the phone, Barrett testified. That card that was on there because he posted to Twitter. Now, Prout said a police officer and other witnesses from January 6th were set to testify in the days ahead and the trial is scheduled to continue throughout the week. So we'll see what happens with that. But one of the most infamous of January 6th. Yeah. And interesting. It was Barrett's desk in Pelosi's office that his feet were up on. Interesting. Yeah. And I thought that he wrote bitch on the on the note, but I guess he wrote B dash 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 dash. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's where's the line for these guys? For for what a fuckhead that guy is. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, I'll break in here and poop on the walls and put my feet on your desk and steal shit. But I won't write the word bitch. I mean, it's it's just it's odd. It's kind of like the like, where's the lines for the George Santos thing? Like where your lines are so weird, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, thank you very much for that story and that reporting. We have a lot of good news to get to from uh, from listeners, and we'll get to it right after this quick break. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. It's probably been a long time since your bedroom has had a refresh. Even when I got in my house, I tend to like leave the bedroom alone. But, you know, I wanted to go in there and I wanted to change it up. And now is the perfect time for you to do the same, to elevate the most important room in your home with Thuma. Introducing The Bed by Thuma. This fantastic bed frame is handcrafted from high-quality upcycled wood. There's beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain, and it's eco-friendly. It's upcycled wood. The bed by Thuma is backed by a lifetime warranty. It ships right to your door in three easy-to-maneuver boxes. You don't need tools to put it together. It only takes about five minutes. You will easily be able to build it yourself. And now, this perfect platform bed frame just got better. You can customize the bed by choosing between two types of headboards, Thuma's original pillow board or Thuma's new solid wood headboard. The pillow board's fabric brings a softness and color to any space, while the new solid wood headboard offers this beautiful, sleek support. Either one attaches directly to the bed using Japanese joinery, and you won't need tools like for that either. You can get this as an upgrade or buy it later. Uh, create the feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. Right now, go to thuma.co slash beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed plus free shipping in the continental u.s again go to thuma.co slash beans that's thuma t-h-u-m-a dot c-o slash beans for a 25 dollar credit everybody welcome back it's time for the good news who likes good news everyone then good news everyone Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, idioms of the world, assholes of the Senate, misheard song lyrics, whoobies, shared swears, find the cat, happy places, whatever you're into, funny Santa letters, shit kids say, shit adults say, shit you say, whatever you want to send to us, you can do it by going to (laughs) dailybeanspot.com and click on contact. First up from Julia, pronouns she and her. Thank you for the Ghostbusters reference today. 
That made my day. Gen X forever. So when you were gone yesterday, Dana, I said there is no Dana, only Zool, and that today I would be the gatekeeper of Gozer. That's amazing. Well done. Yeah. Also, Julia says she wants to give a shout out to the recent Indiana veteran that wrote in, Blue in a Red State. My husband and I are also blue in Indiana. You are not alone. I love this community so much. Attaching pet pics of our two dogs, Cooper, brownish red, and Keanu, who's the white dog. Fifi, uh, fee-free to what the mutt. Oh, feel free. I, <laughs> fee-free, fee-fee. What's fee-free, that is not AG's mess up. It literally says fee-free. Canute to what the mutt, but only one of them is a mutt. The other is frequently misidentified purebred. Also, our chonky boy cat, Tomato. That's a great name for a cat. Oh, my gosh. Dogs. Oh, I, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Nope. At the breeds. Okay, so here's the dogs and there's the cat. So the the one looks like a soft-coated wheat and terrier. Yeah. Um, the other looks like a American bulldog, maybe, with a little, little pibble. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Cooper is an Irish terrier, frequently mistaken for a Labradoodle or an Airedale, and I called him a soft-coated. So there you go. You have another one. Uh, Keanu, we think, is a lab pit giant baby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the giant baby breed. <laughs> that is so funny. Thanks for kicking us off on the good news. This next one's from Irish Goddess, pronounced she and her. Dear queens of the Leguminati. Last spring, my 23-year-old came out as trans. MTF, for those listening, that's male to female. Kiddo lived with me at the time and still does. So she's been on my insurance, which has helped cover the cost of her therapy and hormone therapy. Over the holidays, she brought up how she would like to start wearing girly clothes and wanted to know where would be the best place to go shopping. We live in Lauren Boebert country. Jesus, I'm sorry. Ugh. And that says that in this submission. And so we were a bit nervous about where to go that would be safe and comfortable for her. The universe smiled at us because I found out that the local Torrid actually has a trans woman working in the store. So I found out her schedule and took kiddo on the next day she was working. Wow, what an amazing experience. Davina, the clerk, was amazing. She immediately took my daughter under her wing, worked with her to find out what style she liked. Oh my God. And was able to find the right sizes for her. She even had her try on some bras so we could anticipate what her size would be there. The smile on my daughter's face as we walked out of that store with her purchases was worth every penny. And I cannot begin to describe the joy we felt from the love and acceptance we received. I hope for the day all trans people can experience an afternoon like this. Pod pet tax. I've included pics of Brigadier, General Jack D. Ripper, a mini doxy doxy mix we got earlier this year. Kiddo wouldn't let me take any pictures of her in the new outfits as she's still not comfortable with that. Thank you for being amazing. And Irish goddess, thank you for being amazing. I was just going to say, thank you for being, and thanks to Davina for being amazing. I know this whole story. You went to the right place at the right time. And that was the universe smiling upon. And there's so many Davinas out there and I hope people are able to find them. What a beautiful submission. Oh, you asked, that's, I would tearing up a little. And now I get to look at this adorable pupper. Look at this I baby. I know the pupper's super cute. Look at the eyebrows. Look at the eyes. That's a, that's a, give me a, give me some treats face right there. So awesome. Oh, thank you for that submission so much. Ah, that made my day. Next up from John from New Jersey, pronouns he and him. Go-Go's are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When I was young, I heard them sing, pay no mind to what they say. Pay no mind to what they say. Doesn't matter anyway. 
Olive's a seal. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Olive's a seal. Olive is a seal. I love it. I could never understand why they were giving their friend Olive such a hard time. What did she do to anybody? Also, seals are cute. Why would you not want to be one? Eventually, I learned the correct lyrics. And now I know it was always happy, bouncy celebration of love on the sly. Oh, thanks for that misheard song lyric. And I apologize for singing out of key a little bit there. The Go-Go's are very talented. and They are. I always love when you sing, though. It makes me happy. (laughs) All right. This next one's from Katie, pronouns she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. AG, I found you on Twitter a while ago and then started listening to the podcast and became a patron. I tell everyone who will listen about the podcast, and because of the time difference, I'm in Alaska, I usually listen at night right after it's up. You and DG have had me in stitches many times, but recent Panut, I think the P is silent, (laughs) incident had me chuckling for days. You and me both, by the way, Katie. It reminded me of the line from the movie, Guess Who, when Bernie Mac, well, Mr. P. Jones, uh, (laughs) thanks for the laughs. My confession is that I just realized the opening of the podcast jingle is news with swearing. I can't believe it took me so long to catch that because you often say it's news with swearing. Hmm. For pet tags, I'm enclosed a pic of my sweet Maisie. I took her in six years ago from a bad situation when she was two and a half. Her first few years weren't good, but now she gets lots of love, attention, walks, and scooby snacks. I'm sure you're already on this, but I noticed a GoFundMe for, the, uh, for Officer Fanone. I hope you can amplify that. If the POS Rittenhouse could get $2 million from his, we should be able to do better for a real hero. Thanks, AG and DG, for all you do to break down the crazy for those of us trying to keep up. Yes. And yes, Katie, I have shared that. I've retweeted it on my Twitter at Muller, she wrote, where you can find that and donate to Officer Fanone. He was he was uh, he was robbed of his pension. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah and he's a family to take care of this. Dog. Look at Maisie. Look at the second picture of Maisie. Huh? Huh? Oh, my God. Maisie it, it won't sit down on her hind legs all the way. It doesn't look like like she's always like ready to go. Yeah, I've I've seen dogs like that, and you always have to be like, sit all the way down, sit on your butt, you know. Oh, oh my God, so cute. Thank you for that submission. And yeah, everybody check out Mike Fanone's GoFundMe. Next up, from Angie Ama, pronouns I, me, mine. Just kidding, it's she, them. Dear Allison and Dana, or Dana and Allison. Oh, that's nice, right? Could be yeah. either. My partner Ed and I listen to your podcast every morning. We missed you over the week after Christmas. You have gotten us through some dark days. The details about which I look forward to sharing upon the favorable, fair, and just just resolution of a ridiculous matter, which I pray will be settled sooner rather than later. Ed doesn't pray. Please add an affirmation on his behalf if you don't mind. Yes, absolutely. Affirmation for Ed right now. Allison, please notify me when you assemble the Beans Choir. (laughs) I've waited years. I was a soloist and a choir girl in high school. Yes. And had a binge of musical theater in the early aughts. Uh, I can still sing a Kyrie by somebody with a powdered wig, almost. I'll practice my bagaks. I don't believe I can come up to the mastery of Alice Hen. I get it. (laughs) Alice Hen. But Ed thinks I'd be a hot backing chick. He's happy to toss a corn at the choir. He's happy to toss corn at the choir, Rocky Horror Picture Show style. Hey, wait, I have an idea. Ed is six foot five. He could be Rooster Rocky in such a performance. What's that, honey? Oh, no, he says no. (laughs) He draws the line at tossing corn. But he looks forward to hearing A-G-O-G, the A-G-O-G choir. Perhaps there's a youth choir that sings in Czechoslovakia that I can suggest to my kids, who aren't actually kids anymore, 26, 26, 28, and 30. 
but they'll always be youthier than I. I do hope my goofiness has brought someone a smile or at least an eye roll. Love from a Cleveland native in NorCal and the awesome geeky programmer BF, Angie Ma and Egg. Well, thank you so much for that submission, Mike. Seriously, very fun submission. My fellow Clevelander. We all want to flee to the Clee Lemon. Um, so that, that I want to go to there. So thank you very much for that. I love that. Yeah, and if I do ever put the chicken choir together in, in all the spare time that I have, I will let you know. That is the good news. Again, if you have any good news you want to send to us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, are you with us tomorrow? I will not be. Okay, so we will see you Monday then? Um, Correct. I was like, I don't even know what day it is. But yes, I will be in your ears Monday. I'll be with you on Sunday for sure. All right, cool. And then this weekend we have the bonus cleanup episode. I'll be putting out the bonus weekly wrap up for patrons of both of those shows. And of course, Sunday drops a new episode of Jack. You don't want to miss with me and Andrew McCabe. I have a lot of questions about some of the stuff that went down this week for that show. I'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>